Girlfriends, episode number 213, Free Yourself from Anxiety. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking about anxiety. Coronavirus much? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, welcome to the newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here joining me here today on the podcast. You know, I love to connect here. How's your Lent going? It's been a while since we last talked, and Lent has begun with earnest. I'd love to know how it's going for you. Here it's going very Lenty. <laughs> March in New Hampshire is uh, kind of famous for being long and drawn out when you're totally over winter and yet it hangs on. But today actually happens to be a really glorious day. It's about 63 degrees out. The sun is shining. I just dropped uh, my two youngest boys off at basketball. And on the way back, I noticed there really aren't any snowbanks anymore. There's still snow on the ground. Don't get me wrong. Um, but there's not really ice on the road, no more snowbanks. And I thought maybe this afternoon, instead of going for a run on my treadmill, I'm going to run outside. So stay tuned. We might just be venturing outdoors here in the great white north this afternoon. But for Dan and I, Lent got started off in a very interesting way with an interesting, fun Mardi Gras experience where we found ourselves alone at home in our house for about, I think it was seven hours <laughs> because the kids were doing various things and our two oldest were visiting siblings in Florida. And it was just so funny when we realized that was going on, like, okay, it's just going to be us. What on earth? And it was the middle of a work day. So for sure I had work that I had to do, but finished it up as quickly as I could. And we watched a movie together, made dinner, had a nice dessert because it was Mardi Gras. And how fun to do that. 25 years in, I was making a joke with him like, 25 years later, we're finally alone. <laughs> um, so uh, here's to that. You know what? That's one of the themes in my newest book, Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood, that I've shared with you about here on the podcast before, is about this stage of motherhood where we're finding ourselves in, um, you know, parenting older kids, parenting kids who are leaving the house, sort of an emptying nest syndrome. And um, it's got pros and it's got cons. So I'm all about enjoying some of those pros when the perks of it show up. And a quiet late afternoon and evening with my husband is one of those things that I'm really grateful for at this stage in my life. But then we've begun Lent with Ernest, and I hope yours is going well. I'm planning some Lenten-themed episodes for the next couple of weeks here, so if you have some input for that, let me know. Let me know what you're struggling with, what your questions are, what topics you might like to see that are relate related to the Lenten season. I've got a few in mind, but I'd be very grateful to receive your input as well. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. But this week, we are talking about anxiety, and yes, I was inspired to talk about anxiety, by the coronavirus. <laughs> Are you worried about the coronavirus? Are you worried about other things in your life? I just find this is such an interesting phenomenon because I've been watching the news coverage of the coronavirus and yes, it is worrisome. It is something that we need to be aware of, need to be concerned about, need to be taking precautions um, based on the information that we receive from the news about. 
But this is a big one. Um, Do you think the news plays it up just a little bit? Do you think they are playing on our fears and anxieties just a little bit in order to get us to tune in, glue to the screens? I think so. And this is something I'm kind of uh, extra aware of because I've been a victim of it in the past, especially with regard to weather coverage. Have you noticed how um, news coverage, especially the Weather Channel, oh my goodness, they will play up any kind of storm, hurricane for sure, snowstorm, lightning storm, tornado watch to be like this all ending event that, you know, this cataclysmic thing that we all need to be preparing for, worried about. It's the end of the times, right? And they do that like really well. Like they'll show you this montage of like scary imagery in between, you know, in between the weather reports, along with like really frightening, ominous kind of music. Well, I've been finding similar things with news coverage of the coronavirus, and it's been a little bit of a challenge for me to sift through that and try to find out what's what's really going on here. Um, what kind of precautions should we be taking? Uh, what makes sense with regard to anxiety um, about this particular virus? But then I thought, let's just talk about anxiety in general here on the podcast, because it's been a little while since we took up this topic, and it's something we all deal with on some level. For sure, some of us have personalities that are more prone to anxiety than others, in our marriage, I tend to be the not worrier and Dan tends to be the worrier. And I think a lot of relationships work out that way because among people I know, I can think, oh yeah, she's the worrier and he's the one who's like, it's no big deal. We kind of balance each other out in that way. But you can be worried and anxious about many things beyond health concerns and beyond a particular virus that may or may not become a pandemic. Um, And how do we manage that everyday stuff? How do we manage that everyday anxiety? And that's what I'm talking about here. So this is the big caveat at the start of the show. I'm not talking about anxiety that might require um, some level of medical intervention. How do you know that? If your anxiety is interfering with your ability to live your life, to enjoy your life, then maybe you should talk to a doctor about it. Um, that's that's all the medical advice I'm going to give you. The rest needs to come from your doctor. Um, so if you think that might be you, don't don't hesitate to get the help that you might need to be more balanced and be happy in your life and kind of get rid of that anxiety that might be crippling you in some ways. But then, you know, the everyday anxieties are something that we all have to deal with. And it might be something about your health. It might be regard with regards to stuff that you're watching on the news. Maybe you're worried about war. Maybe you're worried about your children. You're worried about their safety. You're worried about the state of their souls. You're worried about um, their academics. Or maybe you're worried about your marriage, worried about your husband, worried about your job, worried about finances. All of these things can add up to produce a lot of anxiety. And um, this is something I've been thinking about also a little bit because I recently went for a checkup. Here's your reminder. If you haven't been for a checkup in over a year, you're due. Go get a physical at your doctor. Just get checked out. Get some basic things squared away. Find out where you're at. Um, And uh, one of the things that's been kind of an ongoing thing with me is high blood pressure. And there have been times when I've gone to the doctor and it's very high. And uh, it turns out it was because I I took a medication before. Um, Other times though, there's no real reason for it and it's slightly elevated. So I've been a little bit thinking about that, concerned about that. And um, in reading about what can cause high blood pressure, I'm looking and I'm thinking, no, I eat a pretty good diet. I'm pretty active. And then I hit the one that was about stress, anxiety. (laughs) And I thought, oh, there's something I haven't really tried to mitigate in any particular way. And um, yeah, anxiety can affect your health. So 
being aware of these things is um, actually something that's very important. Being stressed and anxious about things can affect your immune system. It can affect your blood pressure, as we talked about. Um, it can affect your general mood and your level of happiness. So I think it's an important thing for us to talk about. I'm going to just share a few different ideas for some ways that um, we can kind of combat anxiety in our everyday lives. I've just got, just got four that I, I want to share with you today. And hopefully these will inspire in you some thoughts toward whether or not anxiety is something that you need to work through, work work on in your life. Maybe it's an ongoing issue for you. And, and maybe some other ways that you can work at combating it besides what I'm going to share with you here today. So first one, whenever I make these lists, I've shared with you before, I hear from people who say, you put prayer at the end of the list and prayer should always come first. So I'm putting prayer first. And now I don't just mean pray your worries away, but yes, ideally we should be able to do that, right? <laughs> we should be trusting in God. That's what anxiety is all about, right? It's us feeling like we have some level of control or ought to have some level of control, or we are aware of some facet in our life where we do not have control and we are worried about the outcome. When what God is calling us to do inside of our anxiety is connect with him, trust in him, go to him inside of whatever it is that you're worrying about and put that anxiety in his hands. Put whatever it is you're worrying about back in God's hands because he's in charge, he's in control, and he's calling on us to trust him that he's going to work all things together for our good. He's promised us that. And yet, how often do we struggle and we're anxious and we're nervous and we're worried because we're not trusting that God has good things for us, that God has good things in mind for us, that God is going to work whatever it is that we are going through for our good. There's that quotation from C.S. Lewis that I like to uh, quote to people because it reminds me of me. And it goes like this, we are not necessarily doubting that God will do the best for us. We are wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. Do you see yourself in that? I definitely see myself in that because that's what it is, right? Like, oh yes, God God wants the best for me. How much is it going to cost me? <laughs> what's he going to take? What's it going to, you know, what's going to hurt? What kind of sacrifice is it going to require of me to get this best that God has in mind for me? But that's all symptomatic of a lack of trust. A lack of trust is at the core of what's going on there. We're not trusting that God will do good things for us, that God wants good things for us. We're not trusting God to provide for our every need when we're lying awake at night worried about how we're going to pay the bills because, you know, that's a practical thing. Let's face it. There are times in our lives when we are worried about something very practical and it seems like God can't possibly answer this very specific need that I have right now. So, Turning to God in prayer can be as simple as taking a moment where you're anxious and using that as a prompt, as a trigger toward just praying a simple prayer. Jesus, I trust in you. How many times have I gone through worrisome times in my life just repeating, repeating, repeating those words? And you know what? There's a lot of comfort actually in the repetition because sometimes we don't have fancy words. We're so worried. We're so anxious. We've got high levels of stress and we're not going to come up with something fancy to say to God about it, but he's not asking us to say anything fancy to him. He's asking us to turn to him in our need and place our need in his hands, his capable hands. And we can do that just by repeating very simply, Jesus, I trust in you. 
or praying the Jesus prayer, which I've talked about here before. It's a habit that I've been making a greater part of my life in recent months. And that is just repeating the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Breathe in saying the first part, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. Breathe out saying the last part, have mercy on me, a sinner. I find this is such a powerful prayer. And this, um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Jesus prayer, is a practice in the Eastern Church where they even have prayer cords similar to rosaries to be used in praying these words, praying this very short prayer over and over again, repeating multiple times in a meditative way, the same way that we pray the rosary in a meditative way. And you can do it that way. You can for sure pray it just repeating it over and over and over again and meditating on the meaning of the words. Meditate on the idea of calling down God into your need. Meditate on the idea of calling on God for his mercy, placing ourselves at God's mercy, in God's mercy, in his merciful love. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Asking God for whatever it is that you need in those simple words of that prayer. But after that time of meditation in repeating that prayer, and you can use another prayer, make an effort to make that prayer a part of your everyday life. The whole goal of the Jesus prayer in the Eastern tradition is to be making the prayer as much a part of you as you're breathing. So when you're breathing in, you're breathing in and saying the first part of the prayer. And when you're breathing out, you're repeating that second part of the prayer. I think this is such a beautiful practice. And for sure, I do not have it perfected. But the more effort I make at making this prayer a part of my everyday life, the greater fruit I see in that connection with God in the ins and outs of everyday life. You might be prompted to pray it in a moment of stress, in a moment where you're tempted to worry, um, in a moment where you are taking on something that is God's job tempted to take on control of something that should be placed in God's hands, just using that as a prompt toward praying this prayer or praying this prayer when, um, here's one, when somebody is annoying you. <laughs> We've talked about how, how to learn to love uh, people who are annoying you, annoying people. And uh, this prayer is a beautiful way that you can do that. Just breathe this prayer before you interact with somebody or before you respond to somebody who might be getting on your nerves. But inside of anxiety, I think this prayer is a really powerful thing to have on your side. How many times do we go through our days with nonsense running through our heads, whether it's just a jingle you heard on the radio or lines from a television commercial or rerunning a conversation you had with um, your, your brother-in-law last weekend? Whatever it is, it's useless garbage that sometimes we let just run through, run through, run through, mindlessly run through our heads. Why not let this prayer run through your head? Why not let the words of this prayer be your earworm that's going to bring grace into your life? Um, also, in inside of prayer, I need to mention the litany of trust. I've talked with you about it here on the podcast before. And um, last year, I made a resolution of praying that prayer every day along with the litany of humility. And I didn't do it perfectly, but I did it pretty darn well. And um, I saw a lot of great things come in my spiritual life as a result of making that litany of trust a regular part of my prayer life. Um, I will put a link in the show notes for those of you who are interested in that. Um, it's from the Sisters for Life, and it's available on their website. They have a PDF that's available on their website. It's actually a, a very beautiful prayer. 
Um, I know I've prayed it with you here before on the podcast, and I encourage you to make it a part of your regular prayer life. It's very simple words, but it really helps to cultivate an attitude of trust in Jesus. And that's what we all need when we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling worried, when we're tempted to take on things that are not under our control. So I'll put the link in the show notes. Like I said, there's a PDF that you can print up if you want. Also, you can order prayer cards, which I've done, and I like to keep them in my bag for giving out, keep them by my bedside for um, reminding me to pray that litany of trust. And um, it's just a, a beautiful thing to add to your prayer practice. If you don't already have some familiarity with that prayer, I really recommend checking it out. So that's one. If you're struggling with trusting in God, if you're struggling with anxiety, um, make that litany of trust part of what you're doing. Maybe make a commitment like I did to be praying it every day. It does not take very long. All right, so prayer. And then the second one I want to mention, the second way that we can combat anxiety in our lives, it's related to prayer, and that is through scripture. Now, the best scripture passage for you to learn is, of course, from Matthew, and I'm going to read it here. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, what are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Now, that is such a powerful passage. Jesus's own words to us about our worry. How deeply powerful it is to read those words when you're in a moment of anxiety and just hear Jesus speaking to you through those words into whatever, whatever it is that you are worried about in that moment how he's reminding us. And sometimes I've really felt chided by those words because he's saying, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or wear. How often what I'm worried about is exactly those things, <laughs> whether you're worried about, you know, paying your bills and buying groceries or getting clothing for your kids or all of these, you know, everyday necessities that we moms are necessarily focused on. Jesus is telling us, don't worry about it. Well, I had a line in my my newest book, Giving Thanks and Letting Go, where I talked about this and I, I quoted this passage and I said, you know what? I didn't see any mention in there of, of braces. Like I used to lie awake at night sometimes worried about paying for braces for various ones of our kids because it was such a huge expense, such an extra expense on our very small budget. And um, I wasn't, I wasn't all that reassured because God didn't mention braces <laughs> in this passage. But of course, what's understood here is that God is providing for our very, every need, every need that we have. And there's such reassurance and comfort in Jesus telling us that God sees that we need these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need them all. So, you know, being reminded that God knows he sees it. 
and just being called to step out in trust to place whatever need it is you have that you're tempted to be anxious about. And it can be about very serious things. It can be about serious health issues. It can be about your child who's no longer practicing the faith. I hear from moms all the time who are worried and anxious about these things. It can be about your job. It can be about your marriage. It can be about other important relationships in your life. And I know these are serious things and real causes for anxiety sometimes. But here inside of these words, we find Jesus telling us, God knows about it. He's there with you in it. He wants to give you good things. And I I like that Jesus reminds us, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Because I think sometimes that's what the fear is. I can't trust in God. I can't focus on the kingdom of God and his righteousness, because then all these other things are going to fall away and I'm going to be neglected in these very basic ways. I'll lose my job. Uh, my kids will will get sick and die. Whatever it is that you're worried about is going to happen if you're trusting in God. God is going to provide all of these things besides. God is a generous and a good God and he sees your needs and he wants to meet them. But what he's doing inside of allowing you that moment of anxiety, inside of allowing you that moment, maybe that little gap between what you know you need and the time in which God is going to provide it. Sometimes there's a little uncomfortable space there where we're waiting, where we're not sure. And, you know, I think it's helpful to remind yourself in this passage really inspires us to remember times when God did provide, when he did know it's not our business how he's going to provide. And sometimes that's where the anxiety comes from. Like, oh, I, I know God's going to provide. I just wish I knew exactly how he's going to provide in this particular circumstance because it looks impossible to me, right? You can say, oh yeah, I know what is impossible for man is possible for God. And yet we don't really believe that because we're holding back sometimes thinking this is an impossible situation and I'm worried, and I'm going to be anxious here, I'm going to give way to anxiety, because it's impossible, even for God. You know, we put those limitations on God sometimes. But inside of that passage, I think, um, you know, when God is telling us, Jesus, through his own words, is telling us to look at the animals of the world, and how beautifully they simply embrace what God made them to be, and they trust in God's goodness. They're not running around worried these birds and these flowers. And, um, you know, I think that's such a beautiful, inspiring example. Like, let's strive to be more like that. Let's strive to be more like that. And then, you know, there's so many money lines in this passage, but um, I really love the, the closing lines because it's so powerful. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. How true that is. Sometimes we are overridden with anxiety because we don't know what the future holds. But here Jesus is reminding us, don't, don't be concerned about that. Focus on right now. Today is enough for you. You've got enough on your plate right here, right now. And that's why I find it's such um, great advice. Sometimes you'll see somebody who will advise you in a moment of worry or crisis, like just do the next thing. Just discern what's the next right thing to do and then do it. And then when that's done, do the next right thing. And I think there's a lot of peace to be found in doing that. Because when we are doing that, when we are fully present in the moment where God places us, even if it's filled with anxiety, with unknown, with worry about the future, when we're 
focused on being present where we are and doing what God is calling us to do right now in this moment, then we are more truly like the birds of the sky and the lilies of the field, right? Because that's what they do. They're fully present in the moment where they are. And it can be very inspiring too, to look at even just a small child and how they fully embrace who they are and who God made them to be. And they fully embrace whatever is set before them any given moment, whether it's a task they're performing or something they're enjoying, they are all there. They're not worried about what's going to happen next week or next month or next year. And so often we lose, we lose the grace and we lose the joy of the present moment because we are so caught up in anxiety about what might be to come. So you might use this scripture passage from Matthew, and I'll, I'll put the, the citation in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. Um, but there might be another scripture passage. Some people really like Psalm 23 and find that's a very comforting one to memorize and then pray during moments of anxiety. But how beautiful to use God's own words to restore you to peace in moments of anxiety. Um, you might have another psalm that you you like or one of our proverbs, but find something that has meaning f- meaning for you and then either memorize it so that you can repeat it to yourself during moments when you're tempted to be anxious or open up your Bible and read, read that passage, really reflect on that passage, read it slowly and carefully and spend some quiet time in prayer asking God to speak to you inside of whatever it is that's causing you anxiety through those words you are reading beautiful prayer practice is um, Lectio Divina, which is doing exactly that. Prayerfully reading a passage of scripture, being open to what the Holy Spirit might want to speak to you inside of it. And um, there can be a lot of peace to be found in opening yourself up to hearing what God wants to tell you through scripture. So that's number two, using scripture. Number three, here on my little list of ways to combat anxiety, is to talk about it. So many times we bottle up our anxieties, our worries, and we don't speak them out loud, maybe for fear of them coming true, right? We're worried about something and we don't want to say <laughs> that we're worried about it because we're we're afraid it's going to manifest it in some way in our lives or because we don't want to burden other people. Well, you know what? God gave you friends and other people in your life for that purpose. That doesn't mean you need to use your sister for a therapy session. I mean, we all have our moments like that with our our good girlfriends or our sisters or our spouses, and, and that's okay, but not on an ongoing basis. And if that's you, if you find yourself doing that on, on an ongoing basis, then maybe look into getting therapy, look into getting counseling. There is no shame in getting that kind of need, that kind of need met, um, in a professional way. Um, if you're having that need to talk about it, but make sure you're giving voice to some of the things you're worried about. Sometimes just speaking our fears out loud is actually very freeing because it can help us to kind of talk through them with someone else. It can help us to see um, the proper perspective on them. Another person can give you the right perspective on it. And speaking it out loud can just help us to see that we we have more power over these things and our thoughts and our worries about them than we previously thought. Also, speaking about some of your anxieties and worries with a friend can 
help you to feel like you're not so alone in it. Sometimes that's the worst part of anxiety is that it can feel so isolating because we're not sharing it with other people in our lives. Now, I don't mean if you are all worked up about the coronavirus, go around and get everybody else all worked up about it. No, but maybe talk to people about, you know what, I'm, I'm really distracted and I've been really worried. I've been watching the news about this virus and I'm worried about what it means for the future of my family or for my health or for my kids' health or for my grandma's health and um, what it's going to mean in our nation and in our culture and our communities, how it's going to affect us. Talk about that. That's a very reasonable thing to talk about. Um, you know, and be open to hearing other people's perspectives on the things that might be worrying you. I know and love many people who struggle with worries in a, a big way. And I, I find that sometimes um, someone that I'm very close to, uh, a good friend of mine, sometimes confides in me what she's worried about. And just to have me say to her, that's not going to happen. That's, that's over the top. That's crazy. You know, sometimes we just need that talking down. And if you suspect that might be you, a lot of good can come from sharing some of your anxieties and worries with somebody else and getting their very practical perspective on it. Now, be choosy about who it is. You do need to pick somebody in your life who maybe tends not to be as much of a worrier as you are, maybe tends away from being anxious and uh, worried about things. That person can be a real balance to your approach to whatever it is that you are worrying about. But there's really a lot of release to be found in talking about it. This is something we women are really good at. Um, you know, and it's something that I know bewilders men sometimes the fact that when we've got something on our minds, we process it by talking about it. Like we don't know yet even how we feel about it, but we can call up a friend and talk it through. I know I do this with my sisters all the time. We'll have these conversations and the conversation actually, if you really listen to it, is kind of a cycle and it's a little bit on a repeat where we're repeating to each other some of the things that we're talking about and reassuring each other. Um, I know that you probably do this with friends of yours as well, but there's a real process there and, you know, done in a controlled way, not, you know, um, it just doing this nonstop all the time, but in moments where you're feeling anxious and worried, it can be a really helpful thing. It can be a really helpful processing of how you're feeling about something. Also a reality check if that's what you need. So don't be afraid to talk about it. And like I said at the start of the show, don't be afraid to talk about it with your doctor if you think it approaches that level where you might need um, some intervention of some kind, you know, some medical intervention if you're feeling that worried and anxious, if it's interrupting and disrupting your life to that level. But even on a lesser level, it's very helpful to talk these things through with somebody. If you're anxious about, you know, let's say a difficult conversation you had at work and you're worried about your job. Talking with somebody about it can help you not only to process it and put it in its proper perspective, um, but it can also help you make a plan for what you're going to do. Um, not every time you kind of process this way with talking with somebody about what's making you anxious is going to result in a list, a bullet pointed list of solutions and action items, but it can if you're asking them for that sort of help, um, or it can in your own mind, and that it might give you clarity about what it makes sense to do next or how it makes sense to respond to something that's causing you anxiety. So that can be a very helpful thing. You know, I once heard a saying that action is the antidote to anxiety. And I think oftentimes that is true. And by talking with somebody, you can find out what that action should be. In asking somebody for some advice, they can help clarify for you what makes, makes sense for you to do. Oftentimes just doing something 
helps us to feel more empowered and helps us to feel like we are, we're not just, you know, out of control victims in our lives, that there are things that we can do. Like I said, doing that next right thing. There's a, there's a lot of peace to be found in doing that. Okay. And then number four, finally, I'm going to mention getting physical exercise, providing yourself with a physical release from that mental anxiety. It's truly powerful stuff because so often our anxieties manifest themselves in our bodies in physical ways. You might be clenching your jaw and not realizing it. You might be biting your nails. You might be tensing up your shoulders. Um, I know during anxious times in my life, I've been awakened at night and realized I am like clutching the mattress, right? This is, this is not restful sleep. This is not good for you, right? If you're going around tensed up, nervous, um, jumping at every little thing, that's something else that happens when we're feeling on edge, when we're feeling nervous and anxious, then, you know, physical exercise is such an important way that we can teach our bodies to relax. It's a healthy outlet for that kind of nervous energy that we have when we're worried about something. And all around, it's a mood booster, all of these things. Now, I'm not telling you, and this is an ongoing theme here at Girlfriends, I am not telling you when I say that regular physical exercise needs to be a part of your life, that you need to sign up for some hardcore exercise class. You need to, you know, be spending an hour a day, you know, sweating in the gym. No, just be looking for a way in which you can get more physical exercise, especially if you're going through a time of anxiety. And how often during times of worry or stress do we cross off working out from our lists of things to do because we feel like it's just one more thing to do. I don't have time for that, right? Well, you've got time to sit there and worry about things. So um, make sure that that one is staying on your list. Now, it might be something as simple as making time for an extra walk in your day or, um, yeah, or maybe getting yourself to the gym or going for a run, whatever it might be, look for a way that you can get some physical exercise, turn on some music and have a crazy dance party with your kids. That's a great release of pent up energy. It can be good for you and for your kids. Um, run up and down the stairs six times, you know, whatever it is, work with what you've got around you, work with what your opportunities are to kind of get that regular physical exercise it's scientific that it will provide you with a greater sense of well-being and it's a true mood booster. It gives you more positive energy. And then just physically, you will experience the relief of that kind of physical release that comes from physically tiring out your body. Because when you're nervous and tense, you, you need a way to kind of let that go. And exercise can be a wonderful way to do that. Bonus points if you can get outdoors and breathe some fresh air, connect with your natural environment is a very peaceful thing to do, a very peaceful way to um, get that physical exercise that's going to give you some relief from your anxiety. So that's my last one. Oh, and I have to mention when I'm talking about physical exercise, because I've mentioned this here before, and this is not paid advertising. I'm not sponsored by the Peloton app, but I love this thing. I continue to love this thing. I think it is so convenient and flexible, such a great way to make sure that physical exercise is a part of your everyday. So when you hear Peloton, you might be thinking, no, I cannot buy a $3,000 machine. Well, no, it, you don't have to buy the machine. This is the app. And so for the app, just search for the Peloton app in iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your apps. And the app is um, something that you use with your own treadmill 
um, with your own exercise bike, with your own weights, with your own body running outdoors, with your own body doing stretching, yoga, um, strength training exercises, body weight exercises. They have everything on here. And so all these different kinds of exercises are on there. And what I love is that it has a filter when you're searching for a workout um, that you can put in, like how long you want the workout to be, what kind of workout you want it to be, the um, level of difficulty you want it to be. You can even choose if you have a particular trainer that you like, and it will show you the available workouts. So the workouts are not live on the app, but they're recorded live. So there are so many on there that are recorded live with Peloton. And then shared with you on the app and you can, you know, play it. It feels like you're participating in a live workout and you can see others who are using the app. This is, this is something I like. You can see others who are using the app as, at the same time as you, you have a username that shows up on there. And if anyone else is doing that same exercise, that same workout with you at the same time, um, the, a little, a little uh, thing pops up on the screen with their username and lets you know that they've joined and where they are, their, their level of completion in the workout. I loved it yesterday. I was doing one that was designed for the treadmill. I love to do an intervals run on the treadmill using the Peloton app. It's just a really structured way to make treadmill time less dreadful. <laughs> um, anyway, and one popped up a username. Another woman was doing the same exercise as me is doing the same workout at the same time. And her name was mom of eight. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and you can't talk to the other people, but you can give them a little high five. And so I gave her a high five and um, I thought, I wonder if I know that person <laughs> because maybe it's a, a girlfriend's listener. Anyway, if it's you, I'd love to hear from you. Um, but otherwise, check it out because there's even just stretching routines. You don't have to be a hardcore fitness person. You can put in 10 minutes stretching and um, you'll get a routine for for stretching for 10 minutes. Uh, an instructor will walk you through that. So it is a paid app. It's um, about, it's just under $20 a month for use of this app. But I think it is totally, totally worth it. And you can get a free trial. I think there was like a three-week free trial when I, when I did it. So you can check it out and see if it's something that might work for you. So there's my little non-paid ad for the Peloton app. <laughs> You know, I love it. And, um, you know, I'm recommending it because I truly do think it's a worthwhile purchase. And um, I hope you'll check it out. Okay, so those are my four ways that I want to share for how to combat everyday anxiety. First, prayer. Second, scripture. Third, talking about it. And fourth, getting physical exercise. But it's not a complete list. I know you have ways that you use that help you combat anxiety. And I would love to hear from you. You can email them to me at danielle at daniellebean.com. Record a voice memo on your phone. Send it to me at that address or connect with me on Voxer. You know I love to hear from you. Speaking of hearing from you, we've got some feedback coming up. But first, a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. Welcome back. So this week, I've got some feedback from listener Jamie, who says, Hi, Danielle. I cannot believe I have never emailed you. I've been listening to Girlfriends for years, and I always intend to send you comments, thoughts, questions, but I guess I never have. I'm the one that sent you that bracelet with You Are Enough printed on it. So um, 
side note, Jamie reached out to me on Instagram and um, she asked me for my address because she had found this bracelet at a women's conference that said, you are enough. And that is uh, the title of one of my books. And so she knew it would have good meaning for me. And so very thoughtfully and generously, she offered to send it to me. And yes, I did receive that, Jamie, and I absolutely love it. Um, Thank you so much for that. Um, Jamie goes on, I'm emailing because my lovely cousin Allison is pregnant and getting close to giving birth to her beautiful baby girl. This will be her first child and she's got lots of questions about being a working mom or a stay-at-home mom and anything in between. I think you did a podcast or two on this in the past three years, but I can't find them. Could you please send me links? Any other resources, podcast articles Allison may want to check out? Thank you. God bless you in all you do. You have blessed my family in so many more ways than they will ever know. Gratefully, Jamie. Well, thank you so much for that, Jamie. I appreciate that. And um, to your question, I don't actually know if I've talked about working moms. I don't know. (laughs) That's so funny. And I did a quick search of my archives and nothing really specific came up. So perhaps I haven't done a particular podcast devoted to that topic. And even if I have, I think the time has come for me to do that. So I will for sure be taking up that topic in a future show. But just for now, I want to encourage you to encourage your friend um, to really be open to what God might be calling her to do. This is such a personal thing. Um, how your family is going to balance work. And it's so individualized and there's so much emotion and um, anxiety (laughs) related to this week's topic uh, about deciding how you're going to do that. And if you can afford to stay home or if you're working, how you're going to balance working outside the home or working from home with the care that your family needs and taking care of your own needs and um, all of those things. I think really it's going to be very individualized to each person, but even more so to each family. Each family has its own unique set of circumstances and opportunities, and each person within your marriage has unique opportunities to be providing for your family in different ways. And so I think really being open to what God is calling you to do, even if it looks different from what you thought, even if it looks different from what other people that you might greatly admire are doing, um, being open to what God might be calling you to do for your particular family and your needs. But like I said, Jamie, I am going to take this up with a whole episode in the future. But if other listeners have feedback for Jamie or for her friend, or if you want to offer Um, an idea for a question you have related to working moms that I can take up in that future podcast when I'm taking on this topic, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com or send me a voice memo or connect with me on Voxer. Always love hearing from you. Before we have to go, I want to share a few places that I'm going to be in the coming weeks. On Saturday, March 14th, I'm going to be speaking at the Women's Conference in Fresno, California. On Saturday, March 28th, I'm going to be keynote speaker at the Women's Conference in Norwich, Connecticut. On Saturday, March 18th, I will be giving my You're Worth It retreat in Windham, New Hampshire. And then on Saturday, April 25th, we're going to have a special Catholic mom event in Easton, Massachusetts at the Museum of Family Prayer, which is part of Holy Cross Family Ministries, which is my employer. But this is a special Catholic mom event. I'll be one of the speakers there. Allison Jingris will be one of the speakers and Lisa Hendy. So it's going to be a special event with limited availability. And by the time this is published, 
registration will be open for that. So I will be sure to update the show notes with the link to that, or you can connect with me on social media to find out the link for registrations for that as well. There's going to be a limited number of tickets available for that April 25th event. But if you're in the area, I would love to be able to connect with you there. So be sure to be checking that out. We're calling it a day of mercy. We're going to be focused on the theme of divine mercy because we'll be having just come off of divine mercy Sunday and the Easter season, just a wonderful thing for us to reflect and share about inside of that day set apart for Catholic women, a real retreat day there in Easton, Massachusetts on April 25th. If I am not currently coming to an area near you and you would like to explore the opportunity of having me come be a speaker or give one of my retreats near you at your community, part of your parish or part of a conference that you're planning. You can get more information about how to do that at daniellebean.com. Click on retreats if you want information about the retreats or speaking if you're more interested in just generally having me come be a part of an, an existing conference that you're already doing. And that's all the time we have for today, but I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up and being a part of the Girlfriends podcast. Your presence here is truly encouraging to me. You are an important part of the Girlfriends community. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 